It's Thursday, November 6th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Mark Reith, and joining me in studio from Motley Fool Rule Breakers, Simon Erickson, and from Stock Advisor, Jim Mueller. Good hey, to see you in Mark. studio, Hello Jim. there, Mark. Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, we got plenty to get to today, including earnings from Whole Foods, uh, Solar City. But you know what? Let's just dive right into the deep end with the stock everyone really wants to know about, Tesla. Tesla. It's, it's all over the news today. Uh, now, Jim, to my mind, this looked like more of a mixed report than the stock reflected. Shares are up today. Uh, but I didn't like the fact that production for the new Model X got pushed back a couple of months. What's going on there? Yeah, that's the second time they've done that. Uh this uh, this year originally when they announced uh, the the timing of it would be the end of this year and then the uh, a, a quarter or two later they said no it's going to be the middle of next year and now it's going to be third quarter of next year Yeesh. and what happened is I think Elon Musk is getting to be too much of a perfectionist he admits as much in in the. Uh, uh, in the report, mm-hmm. and he's saying, "Well, we're testing it, and uh, we had a longer delay in the manufacturing of plant when we shut it down in July than we expected." And but he's saying that's a. Uh, uh, he's being a perfectionist when, and I mean, if you have a failure rate of one percent, it takes takes at least a hundred in order to find that out, mm. and that's that's part of it. Uh, but. I'm I'm okay giving them a pass on this so far, but if they delay it again, then I'm really going to start to question what's going on. Well, I'm speaking of delays. So Musk actually said during the call, we're essentially sold out for 2015 in terms of Model X pre-orders. Right. And Model X is their new, it's the SUV style right, right. car that's going to be coming out. Um, again, just pushing people back. At what point is it not just pushing people back? Is it pushing customers away because they're not going to get their car for a couple of years after they order? Yeah, that's that's a big concern. And uh, right now, the market is uh, seeming to discount that. But uh, I'd, I'd keep an eye on that. Absolutely. And one of the things, uh, one of the stats I was really intrigued by, so they produced 35,000 cars this year. No, 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 no. Oh, excuse me. Uh, they've produced so far this year, they've only uh, produced about 21, 22,000, oh. 21,800 they've, they've delivered. Okay. And their goal this year was 35,000 delivered. Okay. Uh, but they reduced that in large part because that longer manufacturing plant shut down in July to 33,000. But that still means they have to come up with like 11,200 cars this quarter. Hmm. And that's a 44% increase over what they just did, which was already a record. Okay, that's aggressive. Uh, but <laughs> you don't say. Can they do it? I mean, what do you think? They, I think they have a shot at it. Mm. Uh, they're uh, projecting to make uh, 2,000 a week by the end of next year, which would put them on a 100,000 car uh, year pace if you ran that out for a full year. Right. So, I mean, they're not going to do 100,000 next year, but uh, <laughs> it'd be nice if they did. But. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, they're going to have to really ramp things up uh, to get eleven thousand two hundred cars out the door this this quarter. Right, and isn't their goal was it twenty twenty half a million cars a year something, something like, like that? that. But but they're still a really tiny player in the in the car market. Hmm. I mean, Ford uh, in quarter three alone delivered one point five million cars, and to- uh, Toyota did even better at two point two million cars. So of every single car on that seven thousand what was it seven seven eight five. Mm-hmm. Cars that they delivered this year. For every car they sold, Ford sold uh, what was it, 192, and, and Toyota sold 284. Wow! So these guys, so Tesla is still a really tiny player in the global car market. Hmm. Uh, but their market cap, which is a big reason why we uh, Stock Advisor has it on hold right now, is their market cap is well ahead of that of where 
such comparisons would would uh, lead you to think. Absolutely, and, and so much, so such high expectations are yes, baked definitely. into Tesla here. Definitely. Um, okay, and I actually saw the stat earlier today. I didn't realize this. Shares are up a thousand percent since its 2010 IPO. Wow, which sounds about right. It sounds about right, but it, there's still that wow factor. Yeah. Uh, Jim, last question, I guess, about Tesla. Is it too late to get into Tesla, or is now the right time as they build this gigafactory and ramp up production? What do you think? I think in the long term, they're going to be successful. And so a buy today probably won't uh, be too much, but I wouldn't make it a big position. And give and you're going to have to sit through a lot of uh, <laughs> volatility. And, but if you're patient, you're willing to put just a, a, a little bit of money in there, it could uh, do well, good things for you. Okay. Yeah, well Played down, safe. Played well safe. down the road. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well doing Great yeah. job. Great job. All right. Let's get Simon in the game, and let's talk Zillow, the online real estate market. And Simon, I'm confused about this report as well, because from the looks of things, Zillow knocked it out of the park. And shares are way down after it was announced. What happened here? The market does funny things, Mark. You know, you, you knock it out of the park, and then you give guidance that's um, from from my calculation one million dollars below estimates. No, and the stock sells off. But it is what it is for that. Um, Zillow is where you go if you want to buy or sell a house. You go on Zillow.com, you you look at what your house is worth or what other houses are worth in the area you want to move to, and then you get in touch with the advertisers that are or the agents that are advertising on the on the side of the site there. Uh, we've seen just a, a lot more users using the Zillow site. Where they're now at 86 million average monthly users. That's up 41% year over year. And the number of visits from a cell phone are now up also 70% year over year, which makes it really easy to call an agent when you're already looking at it on the, uh, on the site. So Smart. it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, those, those more users are also translating to monetizing this business. The premier agents is really one of the things that we watch. That's the number of agents that are listing and advertising on the, uh, on the Zillow site. They're now, um, they're now at 60,877 premier agents, which is great. They're spending more money on the site. They're now actually, uh, average, average revenue per agent is $349, mm-hmm. uh, which is up 32%. So I, I like what the company's doing. They're getting more users, they're getting more agents, and the agents that are on there are spending more money. So a lot of good signs for Zillow right now. So is Zillow the future of real estate? I think so. I mean, this, we've got this as a, as a recommendation in Rule Breakers because we, we kind of see that disruptive to the, the typical advertising spend. Uh, it used to be just that agents would spend up to you know ten billion dollars a year in the market just to advertise for homes. This has now taken a lot of that and moved it onto an online property like Zillow, where they're actually going and spending money, getting to more users, um, and it's really kind of changing the game of real estate. So to answer your question, a word, yes. <laughs> Way to sum it up. I appreciate that. Um, okay, so so back to the original point. It sounds like the miss on analyst expectations was. Pretty small in the overall scheme of things, and from what I understand, Zillow still raised its revenue outlook. It just didn't raise it enough. I I just don't understand how that's fair. So does this present then a buying opportunity in your opinion, or are the analysts correct in that Zillow should be making more than it says it's going to? No, I think Zillow is is a buy here. It's seen you know a little bit of pressure this this last year as the market kind of has reduced its its valuation. Um, but you know they're they're now merged with Trulia. They're they're the biggest player in the online real estate marketplace. Mm-hmm. I think there's still a long way for them to go. I still think it's a buy. How that merger go with Trulia, by the way? Have they have they started to see anything come from that? In process, you know, it's kind of it's kind of bringing home sellers with home buyers. So kind of 
focused on different uh, segments of mm. the market, if you will, which is now one platform. So I, I think it gives them a, a little bit more competitive strength in negotiating those rates with advertisers. Okay. All right. Let's chat about Whole Foods now, which has had a pretty tough year in 2014. Uh, the stock's down 30%. I was actually shocked to see this. They had a cut outlook every quarter this year. Just they things kept did. going down. Yeah, and that, that was a big part of why the, the share prices. Fallen thirty seven percent before today's rise. Yeah. So so then what happened this quarter? And more importantly, is it just a blip on the continual decline here, or is this the beginning of maybe a momentum change? Well, I certainly hope it's more than just a blip. Right. Um, but so, uh, so every every quarter this year, uh, net and operating margins have fallen, while gross margins have fallen the three of the last four quarters. In fact, the last three quarters. Uh, this time. Excuse me. This time, the uh, uh, the company actually uh, gained margins year over year on on the quarter. No, I take that back. They didn't. Um, but uh, same store sales were up three point one percent, and uh, for the year they were up four four point three percent. That's been uh, so. People are thinking that things are turning around at the company. They're uh, they, they're launching a uh, loyalty program, mm-hmm. and they're doing a na- uh, they're rolling out a national advertising campaign. This is the first time in the company's 36, 35 year history right. of that. And so, uh, if they if they can do that and they uh, can push more of their higher margin brand, three sixty five, then. Uh, this decline in margin should slow down and hopefully reverse. Really? So you think that adding stuff like uh, revamping old stores, Apple Pay, uh, yep. this Instacart home delivery thing, yep. uh, is that enough to offset the pressure from the Walmarts and the Krogers that have suddenly realized that natural foods is this huge and incredibly profitable market? Well, it it won't hurt. <laughs> fair, fair. And uh, I mean, uh, Kroger uh, has this uh, home delivery mm-hmm. uh, program. I think it's called Peabody. Uh, and and so uh, Whole Foods has to respond to that kind of thing, and still try to draw in more uh, more people into its stores and uh, get their uh, shopping carts fuller, uh, which they actually managed to do this year. So of that, three point one percent same store sales growth for the quarter, one point eight percent, roughly a little more than half of it was due to increased cart size. Hmm. Uh, what they call basket size. Right. That can't be a problem, right? Can I just add that I'm thankful for that home delivery of groceries that some of these places <laughs> are doing? That That is a godsend. You live in right area. down the street from a Whole you Foods. Know, you gotta, sometimes you've got to take the bus out there. You've know, you got to carry the... It's, Lazy, lazy bum. It's very helpful. Uh-huh. And I should mention, by the way, John Mackey, CEO of Whole Foods, is actually now a board member here at The Motley Fool. Just a, a nice legal disclaimer. He's actually chatting with uh, Chris Hill and a couple of the other fools out in Austin today for a Fool One event. I'm sure <laughs> a good report certainly will cheer everyone up there, uplift the mood a little bit. So one thing I like about what Whole Foods did, and, and, we, and we led off with this, was that uh, it had a lower guidance every single quarter this year, mm. is that they're changing how they're going to do that. They're going to stop giving updates to their guidance every quarter, which I think is a good idea, uh, but maybe t- uh, a little late on that. Mm, you don't say. Uh, uh, maybe they wanted to time it at the end of the fiscal year, we'll stop, but I kind of wish they had uh, stopped giving quarterly updates to their guidance. So they gave, they gave full year guidance for fiscal 2015, mm-hmm. uh, which ends a year from now. Uh, or, um, sorry, about the end of next September, uh, and then they said we're just going to stay mum after that. What I, I don't know is that a good thing? Is is that 
I prefer companies not to give guidance at all. Well, okay, that's a very Warren Buffett way of right. putting, it, and that's that's fine. But it also isn't it doesn't it make you afraid that the company's been declining so much this year, and they're suddenly saying, you know what, we're just not going to tell you anymore. Doesn't that, isn't that almost an admission of failure? There is that possibility, but uh, I think it's a move in the right direction. Okay, all right, we are we are Buffett maniacs here. What's he often said that he would just have the stock market open like once a year or something like that? Something like that. Yeah, or... that's the dream of all fools. Uh, okay, let's wrap things up with Solar City. Simon, you're in the studio, so we have to talk Solar City. Absolutely. Uh, how'd the quarter go? You know, this was another good one, Mark. Uh, market didn't respond as kind of we were expecting to, but again, there's lots of, a lot of short-term noise in that. I want to talk a, a little bit about how this business is progressing. First, let's just look at the total number of customers. Solar City, as a reminder, installs solar panels on uh, on rooftops of residential customers, lo- largely, and uh, they sell the power back. They put the upfront costs, but then they sell the power back uh, in the form of electricity every month to residents. Total number of customers is now over 168,000, which has basically doubled for each of the last several years, mm-hmm. uh, which is impressive to see that demand for solar in the market is really taking off and continues to take off. The second thing I wanted to call out, though, is that of that total revenue, um, about a year ago, half of revenue was this operating lease model, where they're actually selling the power on a month-to-month basis over a period of 20 years. For this last quarter, that was up to 90%, which is really a good sign for this business. You've got a lot more, a lot better margins coming from that. You've got the recurring revenue stream. And I really like to see that operating lease percentage of revenue continue to increase. And then the third thing is, you know, they they had deployed 137 megawatts during the quarter. They've got the average install time down to 75 days, which is significantly lower. Uh, Jim, as you and I have both looked at this quite a few years now, but they've gotten that down significantly too. So they're able to deploy more panels onto more rooftops in a, in a faster amount of time. Impressive. Top line's really taken off here. Nice. And you started off talking about uh, user numbers, uh, or installation numbers, excuse me. I saw this earlier today. They have something called, was it My Power, My Solar, My Power, uh, where it's zero dollars down to install a solar system? That's got to be a heck of a deal. Is there anyone else who has a deal like that? And more importantly, is that sustainable? Yes, it really is. This is this is again one of the allures of Solar City for homeowners is that you don't have to go out and spend twenty or thirty thousand dollars to put one of these systems on your on your roof. Mm. Uh, you can put no money up front, but then if you pay, like you said in the My Power um, Solar Loan program, you can pay a principal and interest amount every month for that system, mm-hmm. get the power for free, and then after you've paid it off, the system is yours. Uh, which is something that I think is going to is going to almost double their customer count that they have today. So they're continuing to you know push the limits on on what business models can look like for a solar power company. So this is just basically a, a different way of doing what they're already doing. I mean, right. the customers are not putting anything up front anyway. Uh, but what the My Power is doing is it at the end of the at the period at the end of the period the customer owns the panels and the electricity. Well, what they've been doing up until now is the the company still owns the panels mm-hmm. and the electricity, and they were selling the electricity to the customer. Mm-hmm. So same physical activities uh, and but different outcomes. Fair enough. Okay, and let's take a turn from house you know homeowners to bigger picture stuff. Oil prices have been in a dramatic decline recently. How does that affect maybe not just maybe not the solar industry, but solar cities specifically? Well, I think that's actually one of the risks for the investment is the is the cost of electricity from other types of sources. Uh, natural gas is is still a very low cost of electricity production, and Solar City one of the value propositions they bring is that the price of power keeps going up. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're locked in for a set rate with a solar panel, uh, but if if we did see um, 
you know, the costs of electricity to go down. We haven't seen that, but if we did see that continue, um, that that would be a risk for the investment. Okay, something to keep in mind. And most important question: Solar City is paying something like a billion dollars to build a solar panel manufacturing plant out in New York. Is that plant going to be solar powered? Uh, very good question. I would uh, assume so. Who gets that contract? <laughs> it, it's going to be in Buffalo, right? Uh, you know, and Mark, that, <laughs> no sun out there, especially this time of year. <laughs> it's, yeah, winter time. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just on that note, Mark. You know, a couple of the we're, we're doing a three-part series on Solar City right now in Rule Breakers. Mm-hmm. We fo- we talked a little bit about the top line growth, but we're also looking at two other important parts of this. Uh, the the second is the the cost. Uh, of producing those panels, which they're going to be producing outside of Buffalo now. Mm-hmm. And that's just dramatically come down, too. So the company is becoming more efficient. And the third thing that we're looking at is is the whole concept of retained value. I won't go too deep into it right now, but at Solar City stock price today, you're actually getting the best valuation on the growth side of this company that we have in the last year. So I still think shares are pretty attractive right here. Company's knocking out of the park on the demand side, and I think they've got a long way to run. All right, the sun will shine tomorrow. Oh, more puns, God, <laughs> and a plug for rule breakers as well. Well played, well played. All thank right, you, thank you, Simon Erickson, Jim Mueller, guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Thanks Mark. Mark. As always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Mark Reith. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.